When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, friendos, and welcome into the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. We are in the go time. This is Week One Waivers. I am Chris Welsh. You can find me on Twitter at Is It The Welsh. Joined by Jake Seeley, the All In Kid. There's no Brandon. We kicked him off the show. We sent him packing to waivers. We actually sent him packing to the Thursday show because we are back to two a week, but it's just me two a week. I get I get a little bit of Jake, get a little <laughs> bit of Brandon as we prepare for the week. Jake, there has this been a, I don't know about you, this has felt like a very long off season, but we are essentially here outside of another draft or two. Do you have a draft Tuesday, Wednesday? I have a, I actually have a couple because I have some psychopaths that will only agree to do drafts like the day before, you know, when news like, or the questionable stuff with Mark Andrews, the Cooper Cup stuff stuff that's going on, George Kittle looking like he's not going to play. These are the things that are going to affect these very last drafts. Are you done or is there still one more psycho draft? No, I'm done because (laughs) I have work. (laughs) That's the problem. The the waivers yesterday, the ranks are going to be today for tomorrow. Like I, I don't have time to do drafts during the middle of the week. Come on now. Yeah, that's a good point. That's actually a very, very good point. Like, uh, this is to all podcast people out there. If you attempt to try to get Jake, Jake is a very nice guy and he does shows, but if you, you try to get him on Tuesday or Wednesday, you're going to get stiff armed. M- Monday, yeah, Mon- you might get yeah, Monday through Wednesday. Monday, Monday right. Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday, you're like, no, I, I wish I, I would love to, but yeah, Wednesday possible, Thursday possible, but even then, it's yeah, and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday are out. So you got this very, 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 very small window. <laughs> You can get like Thursday. Like if you can do a show on Thursday, then you might be able to luck. This is why I didn't try the dating apps until after the football season. Thankfully for the timing and Nicole, it worked out perfect. I didn't try to find her in November. Yeah, you'll be you'll be the type too that's like, all right, we got to plan having the kid right after football season. <laughs> I can already tell it'll be like the plan of how that would be. No, that's going actually down. that's a zero sum plan. There is no such thing. None oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I mean, then there you go. That's then already done. No, the, the, the honeymoon and the one year anniversary trips and second year, like all that's perfect because we did it March 18th. So it's right in that sweet spot between football and the baseball season starting. Everything planned in there perfectly. That is a pretty good date. Uh, friends, if you guys want, you can go over to The Athletic for a buck a month. You can get locked in and you can get Jake's ranks. And you can get the waiver wire uh, column, which we're going to be talking about today. That'll be kind of our breakdown of the top waiver wire options for the week. But you can get all of that over at The Athletic. So go and check them out today. Click on it. Buck a month. Get locked in. No reason not to. And make sure you are subscribed to this podcast because we are back to two a week. So that should be a lot of fun as we get you prepped for the week. So let me ask you this real quick. And then we're going to get into the top waiver wires. I have a draft tonight. Think I have a draft tomorrow, so there's still a little bit going on. There's still people that are kind of manically like beep boop beep, gotta do another best ball, gotta do this and that. Jameer Gibbs, I think he's the most interesting of all of these things that are floating around here, simply because of 
that simple little phrase of going to be used in ways that people are not ready for, or I'm paraphrasing and how it was that like, he's going to be used in ways that nobody thinks lions.com then reported today that he would be used as a primary downfield receiving threat. I'm curious at your take on Jameer Gibbs and what you think this is going to look like. I actually placed a little, uh, little future seasons thing on him. And there's a little interesting prop bet out there. The reception prop has been just poking at me for this Thursday night game uh, coming up here. That's been sitting at around three and a half, but it's starting to get juiced up. What do you buy out of this smoke? Cause everything else is kind of injuries. Jake, it's like, this guy's kind of hurt. This guy's kind of hurt. You want to talk about like player value adjusting. Jameer Gibbs seems to be that guy right now. And I'm, I'm curious at what you would take if you were doing a draft uh, today or tomorrow, how would you perceive him? I uh, would exploit the living hell out of the hype. This is ridiculous. This is the same. This is the DeAndre Swift. We've done this before. Like, why are we so shocked by this? Like, if you want to talk comparison wise, you know, I compared Gibbs to Alvin Kamara in the draft. And I thought that I mean, I mentioned it. I don't remember if you and I talked. I talked with Bogman. I did on his draft a little special thing. I don't remember if I said it or not. But I said the gap shouldn't be as large as it is between Bijan Robinson and Gibbs talent wise, like for the NFL, what they can yeah. bring. I would take Bijan, but it shouldn't be a stark, like one on his own tier by himself, Bijan Robinson, and then Gibbs, and we start the rest. I thought it was more of a 1A, 1B. That all being said, we've done this before with the Lions. If you were telling me this on the Saints with Sean Payton, cool. We're talking about a potential top five running back. If we were talking about this about backfields with no significant competition for touches, sure. Yeah, let's do this. Rocket to the moon. Alvin Kamara touches. Let's do it. But it's the freaking Lions. Like, we've done this before. We've played this game before. We've wanted DeAndre Swift to be a top 10 running back before. They didn't sign David Montgomery to sit there and watch Jameer Gibbs get 20 touches. Can it be exciting? Can it be evolved in the passing game? Can he be an RB12 overall, a fringe RB1? Absolutely. But the hype has gone so far that, like, people are now taking him in the second round. And yeah. if he goes off in week one, and you did draft him a few weeks ago and got him at a good value, if he goes off in week one, talk about a pos- huge sell-high candidate right sitting in your pocket. You know, it's interesting. I, he's one of those guys, I don't think I have any shares. And I got a lot of drafts. I got a lot of things going on. I don't think I have really any shares of Gibbs. It just didn't fit into my drafting style and where he was going and where I, I could have ended up getting him. If uh, this will be coming out, Within, but some people are listening to this. It'll be pretty close to it. But uh, Jake always has his ranks that are going to pop over on the athletic right at midnight, Tuesday into Wednesday, which is pretty awesome. And that gets adjusted uh, up until game time, essentially. A little preview as we're doing this. Where do you think, where's Jameer Gibbs? Do you think is going to lie in your ranks for week one ranks? He'll be in the teens. Teen, teen, like high teen, little low teens, little. No, no, I haven't even started yet. This is early Tuesday morning. <laughs> I'm just trying to get trying to poke at you a little bit, like a little bit of like 13, 14, a little bit of low, 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 half PPR, all those receptions. It's a Thursday night game. Just just trying to see how much you're getting excited, but it's not it's not enough, apparently. No, um, no, not, that's a go overboard here. Only other little things. James Robinson was visiting with the Colts today on Tuesday. Are you, are you going to read anything into that as far as the Evan Hall and uh, Deion Jackson in the short term? Like no, with a guy just, like James Robinson no, coming in? It's just because Zach Moss isn't back. No interest, no concern, no whatever. Deion Jackson, uh, RB3, week one. I would actually, I consider playing Deion Jackson over Brees Hall. At least I know what Deion Jackson's supposed to be. He's going to be the lead dog. Evan Hall had his chance to impress this preseason and didn't. He's still third on the depth chart according to everything. They want Zach Moss to be the guy coming into week two. But... 
as of right now, there is no Zach Moss. So Deion Jackson, again, that's only because I know the touches. If I want pure ceiling, I'd, eh, I was going to say Brees Hall, but I mean, Deion Jackson had a 10 reception game last year. I know it wasn't with Anthony Richardson, but he's not a putz. I mean, he's, he's a decent running back. He's a replacement level running back. You can catch out of the backfield too. I mean, he. Yeah. I think you can give him the touches. You can give him fifteen plus touches, which they might have to. Zach Moss is gonna. He is totally gonna ruin this in week two. It's gonna be spectacular because there's been a lot of Evan Hole drafting, a lot of late into Deion Jacks. Zach Moss is gonna come in and just get volume in like week two, and we're all just not gonna know what to do with it. Uh, speaking of volume, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's an easy kind of stay away in general. The last thing before we get into the waivers is it was noted that Kadarius Tony was limited in practice uh, on Monday. We've got the Thursday night game coming up. He's expected to play, but on a snap count. Do you think the snap count in general, even though the the main wide receivers, when you hear the names, you're just like, oh boy, you know, MVS, Sky Moore, and Justin Watson. Like it's like those are your main wide receivers. Anything can happen. Is Kadarius Tony going to be a guy you think you're going to even rank as startable on the snap count? Because obviously no. one play, he can make it big. But yeah, okay. So no. it's an absolute no. hell no. No, absolutely. No. Like if you want to play DFS, yeah, please, 100%. But no, they design plays for him. I don't even think necessarily, as we saw at the beginning of the preseason, it was a real quick turn. It's like, hey, he could be a starter. And it's like, no, he's not. It's Sky Moore and MVS. And he gets mixed in. And I don't even know how much he gets mixed in with Rasheed Rice and Justin Ross. And like, what are we talking 15? I mean, could it be less? Could it be more? Sure, but there's only two people I would even mess around with right now. It's MVS and Sky Moore. Could quickly yeah, change, Moore but, but not in your week one. Here's the... It, I know this is a waiver show, and ranks are tomorrow. Funston's probably going to say the same thing. You just finished your drafts. Don't overthink it. You didn't draft somebody in the seventh round to bench him for your 14th rounder. It can't be overstated. It literally can't. It is the... Uh, that is the thing... That kills me. It actually kills me on a week per week basis too, where it is fun to stream sometimes, but someone will take like, you know, Mahomes and they'll like be, be like, but you know, I did also draft a backup quarterback and Geno Smith has got a really good option this week. <laughs> and it's like, I'm going to, if I invest that heavy, play your studs, play your guys, don't sit your guys. It's going to, you're going to give yourself a heart attack. All right, let's talk about waivers. Week one waivers. And you're like, wait, what, what you're already getting? Absolutely. You know, injuries, Early draft, you know, maybe you maybe you were smart at the end of your draft and you guys got, you know, like a Jeff Wilson and you pop him on the IR and then you go and you look and you say, all right, who are the guys that I can pick up? These are week one waivers from Jake. You can check it over at The Athletic. The startability from these guys, I think you have like 20 at each. Let me, let me look here. Yeah, I think it's 22. 45, yeah, 20 backs and wide receivers. It's very impressive. Very, very impressive. It's a great article you should check out. We are going to be perusing through some of it. So, Jake, let's start with uh, the running backs. Waiver wire number one up for you is whom? It's Deion Jackson. <laughs> we just talked about it. Like, here's why. Like, yeah, Zach Moss comes in week two, ruins everything. But what if Deion Jackson has a week like he did those two times last year? What if he's RB8 for the week and he gets 15, 20 touches and Half of them are in their passing game. That's the like, of course, Anthony Richardson might not throw that much, but what if he checks down six times and just runs some route with Deion Jackson? And all of a sudden, I'm not saying it's likely, but if it happens, do they really go straight to Zach Moss in week two? And then, even if so, you know, people are looking for running backs. If Deion Jackson does that, and then the thought of last year comes to mind, you potentially have a trade chip on your hand. Sure, they, you might have hesitations and you might not get anything more than 
a Damian Harris trade value, and I'm not saying straight up for Damian Harris, but I'm saying like even actually even if you did, if you got week one, you pick up Deion Jackson, you immediately flip him into a Jalen Warren or Damian Harris, you win. There you go. Congratulations. You got somebody who was going in the eighth, ninth rounds of drafts for free off the waiver wire. And I think that's how people have to look at it. That's why I would take the chance on Deion Jackson. And I would stash Zach Moss if he had an extra spot in case he is the guy in week two. But that's a little bit more long-term thinking. I'm very much into the the stashing Zach Moss if you can. The Deion Jackson one's interesting too because on this list of starters or waivers to pick up, he's the only like starter. For week one and yeah. sometimes like you want to have like a long-term mindset for the season but at the same time you have to balance that with your main focus on to like just this week you got to pick up your win and if you were looking at all these other names there are some bigger names on here but this is the one guy that can start and will start this is a side thing this is not a betting show at all but if you looked at all like does uh, Jacksonville on the road, minus five going into Indy with this Indy team with a rookie quarterback and no Jonathan Taylor. Doesn't that seem a little sketchy to you? Doesn't it? Don't you feel like Jacksonville should be putting it on a little bit more on Indianapolis? Oh, you mean you mean like the spread should be larger? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, thought you were going like, to say you're like a little bit concerned that like you know it might be week one upset. Just they come out. No, yeah, this is. I, I would definitely think this should be larger. I was expecting. I guess I, I know it's on the road. I know it's week one. I know it's a divisional game, but still Jacksonville playoff team. Jacksonville only got better and has a really good defense. One of the best quarterbacks. I, I, we're fine. Their weakness. Tell me where their weakness is. And then it's <laughs> That's like, what I'm trying to figure out. Like five against what we think is going to be one of the two worst teams in the league. So I'm with you. This this one actually surprised me. It's no betting show, but I will tell you, I 100% have put a bet on Jacksonville uh, early on. Speaking of Jacksonville, the number two on the waiver wire for RBs is in Jacksonville. So we're staying in this game. Tank Bigsby. So are you already Tank. calling your shot on Tank ruining ETN shares? Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, already. I, like, this is, I had ETN, Etienne, as our friend Pat Mayo would say, because <laughs> what do you say? He's like Cajun or whatever, or French or whatever. Etienne. I don't know. Ask him. Anyway, point being is. I think it's more growl in your voice when you do that. Etienne. Uh, is that what it has to be? Well, just, you know, it gets like a little Louisiana, a little, a little more growl in there. They, uh, I'm really people from Louisiana can speak to it. If I, if I try to do yeah. like accents, if they, it turns into one or two things, New York or Italian, which are very similar. Like, so like, oh, you know, it's funny. Like, I don't all of my all way back. I can't do anything. Like if I start with Scottish, my, it's going to finish Italian. Okay. So that's <laughs> so funny. Cause I think everybody has all of mine come back to Russian for some reason, like anything I'll do, like, you know, Australian or British. And then it all comes back to Russian <laughs> somehow. And then you're, I don't know why that is. <laughs> Good day, mate. You're going to jail. Like, I can't, like, <laughs> it just, it just, it, mul- it just works its way back. I don't know. I guess yours is probably a little bit more relatable. I don't know why mine goes to Russian, but um, all right. Yeah. So yeah. off of the Cajun tank Bigsby, he's waiver wire RB. Sorry. Two you're still hung up week. in the cold war over there, but anyway, yes. <laughs> tank Bigsby. ETN was always a concern for mine because mostly the touchdown success wasn't really there for him. And I'm not saying that can't change. And we've seen fluctuations from running backs before, but ETN always felt like to go back to the Matt Forte days, like he could be great. It's just, they're going to be somebody else taking the touchdowns. There's going to be somebody else involved. And I bring up Matt Forte to say Matt Forte was still an RB one. Uh, Matt Forte also saw about 20 touches a game. That was Belkow City when everybody had Belkow running backs back in that day. And Matt Forte was great. 
my concern is that there are so many options across the league where they're starting to see split backfields that Bigsby isn't just a complimentary coming at the goal line. And it's fine because ETN gets 1,400 yards, 1,600 yards, and four touchdowns, which would be like, who cares? He's still got 1,400 yards. The concern is that's 1,100 yards and four touchdowns, and Bigsby comes in and he ends up chipping away 600, 700 yards. And Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, I think, is the concern here. And when you bring up that concern, the only reason Aaron Jones was an RB1 was because of the touchdown rate. And that's not what I expect for ETN. That was a completely different ball game with how Aaron Jones was used. So that's my concern. Uh, that's that's what I think is going to be more of a thorn in the side. I don't know how many times you can start Tank Bisbee in a, outside of a deeper league. He could be your RB three, but a lot of people know who they're starting wide receivers these days. Uh, the real appeal with Tank Bisbee being as high too is what happens if ETN gets hurt again, and then, and then all yeah. of a sudden you have an RB at worst fifteen on your hands. Yeah, I would say. You know what I was actually going to ask you was. Is he the top, this is a tough game, but like when you start to take backs, you can't do full on like committees like AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones. But if you were to take, you know, the more bell cowish backs off of teams, is Tank Bigsby like the top replacement? You know, the old, uh, you know, the old drafting, the backup. No, I think he could find his way He's definitively top 10, maybe into the top five, but it starts with Elijah Mitchell on the, on the 49ers. <laughs> yeah. 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 Jalen Warren, probably Jalen Warren. Would you rather, okay. I would I rather Warren or Bigsby. Well, so Bigsby, because I think he might have some standalone value. I think he might have some AJ Dillon RB three value. That's why he ranks higher on the, if you go to the waiver wire, that's why Bigsby's two and Warren's down at nine. I think uh, Warren just in front of Damian Harris. If something happens with James cook, Damian Harris, can make 20 touches, not a lot in the passing game, but he'll be the dude. Gus Edwards will be the dude if J.K. Dobbins' knees blows up again. So there are a handful of them, but I think Bigsby real quickly gets into the conversation. I don't know necessarily top three, four, but I mean, as soon as we're starting to, let's see. I would go, like I said, I would go pure backups, as in I'm never starting them. I would say Warren definitively, Elijah Mitchell definitively. Uh, Damian Harris, I would still take trade up because we know Damian Harris. Of course, that's a health mm. issue too. Like people are going to factor in the health thing, but we know Damian. Damian Harris doesn't need to catch the ball to be an RB one. He proved that. Uh, yeah. Gus Edwards would be where I start thinking about it. So I think we could get in a top five conversation. Do you, uh, last thing on this, do you see a scenario where Etienne, Etienne, and Bigsby can become Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon light in how I'm saying like, can Etienne become RB two with Bigsby becoming RB three? Yes. This season. Okay. Let's, just, let's also All remember right. the offense. He's done this before with running backs like this. We've had the frustrating thing has been, we've bonded an RB one in the Doug Peterson offense, but we've had RB twos and threes together before. I'm trying to think of anybody else trying to think of other running backs that would throw into this conversation. Cause we don't have the Tony Pollard anymore. Cause now he's a starter. Yeah, <laughs> so it's like it's a shorter list than it used to be, because a lot of them yeah, are well, like split guys. Like I would say, Charbonnet would be in this list, but Charbonnet is already a split guy. Like Charbonnet is probably already chipping away thirty, thirty-five percent of the work to start. Ooh, who's okay? Then what pairing do you think is more likely to hold dual fantasy relevance? Walker and Charbonnet, or uh, Etienne and um, <laughs> and Bigsby? As in, like. Etienne you know, Bigsby one because, doesn't completely takes away well, the Well, that's because Etienne Bigsby, because there are more health concerns with Seahawks. And then also Pete Carroll's done that. This is why I keep saying my concerns are Kenneth Walker. It's not that Kenneth Walker can't still be an RB1. It's that Pete Carroll's done this before. His most valuable running back trait is availability. And you miss one game and he'll switch to the other guy. And the other guy, even you could, he gets, he's the, 
you know what? It should be Pete Carroll's nickname should be Wally Pip. Like that's what he does. Like <laughs> it doesn't matter if you're averaging five yards a carry. You're the second best running back in the NFL, Chris Carson. You miss two games and the other guy starts performing. It's like you lost your job. Sorry. Like that's that's why I would say still Jacksonville. Yeah, it is his favorite thing. Um, speaking, you mentioned frustration. There, this is this has the potential to be a very frustrating situation in Philadelphia this year, and one of those running backs pops up on the waiver wire, and it's really the only one that you could think of because everyone is kind of locked into the other two. So, coming in at number three on the RB waiver wires is Kenny Gainwell. So, why Kenny Gainwell so high? I never want to start Kenneth Gainwell. I want to stay away from this entire backfield. This is chasing your tail. The definition of chasing your tail. This is like, oh, DeAndre Swift week one. I'm going to start in week two. And now it's Kenneth Gainwell. I'm going to start Kenneth Gainwell. Sean Penny's hurt. Boston Scott scores two touchdowns. Like, I just, no, I don't want anything. But the reason he's here is because you have injury concern DeAndre Swift. Injury concern Rashad Penny. If something happened to either one or if anything happened to both of them, that's the real appeal here. And at worst case, if you're thin, if you're in a 14-team league, I can start Kenneth Gainwell. Like, I could start Kenneth Gainwell in week one if I went wide receiver heavy and I am in a deep league with deep benches and stuff like that. You might be able to start him. That's why he's up this high, because I don't want to, but the upside of anything happens to any of the other running backs, and then he is somewhat usable. He's, he's usable kind of like Bigsby. Do you think the Eagles will tip their hand in this game with what we see being what we're going to no. see all season? No. No. Okay, that's where I was going to go with that because no, 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 I, they feel very fool's goldy for the first couple like weeks. We've that done this whatever before. they do, we can't trust. We did it last year. Uh, oh, you know what? Who else? I'll, and I'll give an example because he's not inside the top five. But to go back to the backup conversation, I think I forgot Tyler Algier. I would take Algier over Bigsby because we've seen Alg- Algier was just putting up RB1 numbers. If I'm like sixth, fifth running back on my bench, I would go further down. I would stash Algier over stashing the frustration of the game well because you're going to get, you're going to get, intrigued you're gonna get tricked into starting kenneth gainwell and that's the difference like algier you're probably never like nope unless i got like six guys on a bye and i'm desperate like but if something happens to Bijan robinson boom top 15 running back kenneth gainwell even if something happens to rashad penny you're still like as it is it can i can i use him i don't know there's nothing they're gonna tell us in week one that's gonna make me say we know the eagles backfield that's how you get tricked yeah well and that's like what we talked about at the top of the show it's one of those things where it's like Kenny Gainwell goes out, you know, let's say he he breaks one out, has 12 carries, 64 yards, catches a couple for a touchdown, you know, and Swift does his and Penny. And then all of a sudden people are like, well, you know, should I start Kenny Gainwell over uh, DeAndre Swift? Or, you know, should I start him over? Maybe that's not the best example, but, you know, like a a, a mid-20s to late-20s RB. Like, is, is Gainwell the guy I should start? And it's like, mm, whenever you start Swift him, it won't James work. Connor. There you go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, it'll be like Gainwell, uh, Gainwell over, uh, yeah, Connor. That's exactly right because Cardinals are going to be uh, stinky. Yeah, Gainwell, yeah, yeah. Point being, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, number four on this list is a guy that you already mentioned. This comes out of my team. I, I think this makes a lot of sense. Why, especially if he's sitting out there? But Eli Mitchell, Eli Mitchell with the San Francisco 49ers. Mm, and the big thing is, we know it's the 49ers. We know Elijah Mitchell can be an RB1 if anything happens to Christian McCaffrey. But we've also got some sprinkling news of, hey, Christian McCaffrey could be in that 15 touch per game. Could be like the Austin Eckler workload and not eh. that. I know you say, eh, this is one of those ones like Josh Allen's going to stop running the ball. But, you know, <laughs> I hear that and I'm like, all right, you, you no. build that into your value. Everybody. Christian McCaffrey can sit in the 15 touch range 
for all the games that they're winning like 30 to 10. Yeah, exactly. But, but like if they need him, like if the score is close or they're even down, they're not going to be like, well, he's got 13. We got to save two touches for the end of the Like, let me hold on before. I hit. No, that's why you, you made that comment. But if anything were happening, Elijah or Christian McCaffrey, Elijah Mitchell is going to like banana. Like there's the no moon. reason he's, you know, should be on waivers. This is absurd to me. Like, because let's put it this way. If he was on a hundred percent, like he was a hundred percent available and Christian McCaffrey gets hurt in week one, People would blow their entire 100% of their fab. Yeah. They wouldn't be like, oh, well, maybe I'll do 60. No, they'd be like, I'm blowing all of it to go get Elijah Mitchell. And people are going to ask, they'd be like, how much fab? And we'll be like, all, all of it. it. <laughs> <laughs> you do all of it. If, if he were to knock on wood, he would be out. But get yeah, back to what you said. Like, Eli Mitchell will eat into those carries against like the Cardinals and the Panthers. It's not going to bleed in heavy against like the Steelers. This first game out, this is a really tough game in week one. I'm not worried about it. As as Tim Robinson would say, I'm not worried. A good chance is if they're up 35 to 10, Christian McCaffrey probably already scored a touchdown. You'll get your fantasy points. Exactly. (laughs) But that's what's fun about Eli Mitchell. He's he's one of those guys that's going to value agreed. What, um, what percentage did you use that got him on this list? Cause I'm with you. I'm actually shocked that he's yeah, available with what, what was it like under 60 under 60? Yeah. Yeah. That's what yeah. I've been using for years. I, I mentioned this on all in football. I tried to go with sleeper this year, but the sleeper app lets you sort by roster, but you can't do it on the web. And I, I'm not going to sit here and scroll up and down my phone looking for play. please sleeper. I tried to use you as a reference point this year, but their web, they definitely designed the app to be like people on the app. If you go to the website, screw you kind of thing. Cause the, oh yeah, they like leave half the features off the website. <laughs> I know. We, we, I I know we're all mobile, but we do need to get back to a little bit for us people that work in the industry. Like we need them. We need that side of it, please. Uh, number five, the final one that we're putting a big focus on as far as RBs go. Who is your uh, waiver wire RB number five? So to be clear, before everybody comes at me in week two, in case this happens, or even week three. Devin Singletary could quickly find himself in Dumpsville. Dumpsville is where I say you have permission to drop these players off your roster. And we actually have Gary Davenport doing a whole drop column this year because people are like, I want to, you know, you don't go deep enough to try. Like, like I'm playing a 10 team league. There's more droppable options. And I'm like, well, I mean, I'm at 60% rostered. I'm like already throwing out names that are like people are like, it's that balance you're trying to find. But yeah. the reason I'll say for week one, Devin Singletary is he was not even going to make this list until he got down to like the, Devon A-Chains and Kyron Williams of the world, like he was going to be down that far until the athletic themselves, my company, not my, my company, the company I work for, but person covering <laughs> over at the athletics said there could be a full-blown committee in the Texans backfield. Now, the entire preseason has spelled out and told us it is Damian Pierce bell cow. He's been out there for third downs. He mentioned the fact he's losing weight from running all these routes. They have him out there completely. I still think that's the more likely scenario. But if that was just to get him reps and just to get him ready for a better usage this year, and it is going to be a Wally on passing downs at times, and Devin Singletary is going to get 30% of the work, then you kind of have to do pick him up because he falls into the Bigsby conversation. He could be usable on slim weeks, deeper leagues. And then if something happens to Damian Pierce, we've seen Singletary put up top 15 numbers with the Bills when he was the guy. So that's why he's here. He could easily slide back, but right behind him, is Algier. Algier's a pure backup. You're probably never starting Algier. Deuce Vaughn, PPR, half PPR, RB3 only. Ty Chandler, Jalen Warren, Damian Harris. You see how mixed up these guys are where Devin Singletary is kind of in that Bigsby conversation. That's why he's there. 
So RBs, always the gold, always the thing we're chasing. There you go. There's your top five. There are 17 more of them on this list. If you go and check out the article, it's a very good one. Two guys in one sentence. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, 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 that's right. And there's the Matt. I didn't count the Matt guy that's on here. Oh yeah, there's the Matt and the Dumpsville. So actually, there's uh, more. You don't want any? But I'm. Yeah, but just names that you guys might want to uh, you know be aware of. So let's go over to wide receivers. And I like number one because I've affectionately called him during drafts because every time he would get drafted, I was like, ooh, that was sneaky. So I called him Sneeko Collins. <laughs> it is Nico Collins coming up. Sneeko Collins here at number one for uh, wide receiver waivers for the week. So spell it out. You just talked about why Singletary could get into Dumpsville. Potentially, is Sneeko the guy that's going to take advantage in this offense? I really don't know how he's under 60%. Like, we've been playing Nico Collins is going to break out what I feel like seven years now. This is only his third season. Like, and he can't break out for his rookie season. But it feels like we were talking about Nico for the last five years at least. And then all of a sudden, like, nobody wants... He's not even 60% rostered? Like, he's the number one. Could it be frustrating? Sure. Could it be one week, I don't know, five for 80, and then the next week, two for 32? Like, sure. But he's your wide receiver four, especially if he's on waivers in over 40% of the leagues. Like, that just makes no sense to me. He's the number... I think the Tank Dell thing got people a little bit, the excitement there. By the way, the history of wide receivers his size... To have a thousand yard season in the NFL, as many as I have, zero. It doesn't happen. <laughs> like Tank Dell can be fun, but it kind of goes like the, the two two Atwell, the Tavon Austin. Like it's just he's going to be a gadgety player. That's fine for real life, but for fantasy, I want Nico Collins could be the one. And it's clear that John Mechie is third, fourth on the depth chart. He hasn't even cracked the starting two yet. So what? I don't understand. I don't under. I, you tell me. I don't understand this Nico Collins thing. What yeah, happened? well, it's similar. It's similar to like the Giants, though. It, they're one of those two teams that it's like yeah, but we nobody have a clear knows. one with the Texans. It's Nico Collins, like yeah, but I don't think it was clear to people. Like you, you are spelling it out like it's clear. In what was it, dude? In June, this any best ball, John Mechie all day long. John Mechie's biggest sleeper of all time. John Mechie, John Mechie, and everyone's kind of staring at Robert Woods. No one does anything with Nico. And then Tank Dell starts up, and everyone's like, "Tank Dell, Tank Dell." That's gonna be, you Robert know, so Woods, isn't it? <laughs> it's gonna hundred percent be Robert Woods. But what I'm saying is, it's like the Giants, where everyone just stares, and they're just like, "Ugh, like, what do I do with this?" And no one knows what to do. And it's like you have number one wide receivers coming in at like wide receiver fifty. Same thing happened with the Panthers, you know, with Adam Thielen uh, in Mingo. It's just like there's a, a couple set of teams that they're number one, number two wide receivers. They're they're not even startable fantasy assets because. People don't know what to do and people don't trust them. And I kind of agree with you. I think if Nico Collins is out there, he could end up being one of the top waiver wire pickups next week. That's why you take advantage of it. If he's actually out there, because if he's going to get whatever the volume uh, in Houston looks like, people are going to be like, Oh, why was he out there? Even if he goes three for 80 with a touchdown, it's going to be the reactionary. Like not only are like, how's he on waivers and everybody's going to try and pick him up. But if you already have him on your roster, he goes three for 80 and a touchdown. They're going to be like, Oh yeah, this is why we love Nico Collins. Let me send you somebody who disappointed in week one with the overreactionary people be like, Oh, you know, like I'm trying to think like Damian Pierce, you know, he only got 13 carries for 40 yards. Meanwhile, no touches for anybody else in that backfield. Like that's, I'm giving you an example. People are like, Oh, Nico Collins, I'll give you Damian Pierce. Like that, that kind of stuff will happen. Well, also throw out like all these people that you draft all these running backs and when they don't do anything in week one, you might have, I'm not saying you might necessarily want to do this, but you might have people that are just like, you know what? Jalen Warren didn't get any carries and they get frustrated because Jalen Warren didn't cost anything. 
You might have people that are frustrated. (laughs) Yeah, but but see, but that mindset, you should 100% regardless of what he does in week one. But that person might be like, well, I need a wide receiver and screw it. You know, I had Jalen Warren. He didn't have any carries against Najee Harris. And you could have the same thing on the, um, you know, the Ty Chandlers or the Kendra Millers if you want to play for future ball. I know we're talking waivers, but here's a big thing. Like, you did not draft Tank Bigsby to drop him in week one after he didn't get a lot of touches. Like, that's you did not draft Tank Bigsby for that. Be patient. Agreed. Like Rashad White last I, year. People who draft draft drafted and dropped Rashad White, see how that happened. Hundred percent agree. If you're especially if you were taking these guys that don't have the clear cut roles and cutting bait early, it's a huge mistake. And also when you have the opportunity to preemptively get the next week waiver wire, you should do that. And Sneeko reeks of a player that is gonna be being talked about. I know you like that a little bit. Um, this is a this is a big buzzy guy who comes in at number two. Me and Bogman had an epic, epic battling conversation and, and fight about this on one of our shows. And I was all Marvin Mims and he was uh, LJ Humphrey. And then Humphrey got cut in between the argument after we argued about 20 <laughs> minutes later. It was an all time just I got to tell you so. But Marvin Mims showed out in the preseason and you you know you got questionable stuff with Jerry Judy right now, but he comes in at number two on the wide receiver waiver wire. So talk it up. Yeah, even if Jerry Judy was playing, Marvin Mims is intriguing as a three. Similar in the conversation of you're we're not going to talk about him, but go further down the list for like a Tyler Boyd. Where okay, now you can't start him. Jerry Judy's out there. Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton. Are you really going to have a third wide receiver with value? But if anything were to happen to the top two, we're talking about people still drafting Quentin Johnston. We're still drafting JSN. Smith and Jig was going rounds and rounds if people are still drafting in front of Marvin Mims, when yet, who has a starting job in week one? Jerry Judy's not playing week one by all accounts. Uh, could it be surprised us? Maybe. Okay, I won't say there's a zero chance that happens, but Marvin Mims is a starter in week one. Same scenario to all those wide receivers, a very talented wide receiver that people kind of overlooked in the NFL draft, as in like when he got, people were like, oh, well, second rounder? Like, yeah, he's somebody that they went after. And if something happens again to Judy or Cortland Sutton continues to be Cortland Sutton, I mean, there's a world where Cortland Sutton stays healthy and Marvin Mims surpasses him. Like that, that's the talent. And when Cortland Sutton's out there still giving up on routes, then I mean, I don't think Sean Payton's good. Sean Payton drafted Mims. He didn't draft Cortland Sutton. I'm just saying. I wanted to, I was actually doing this while you were talking. So check this out. I just did a draft last night. And I will say it had IDP in it, so it's going to affect the rounds, but you're going to get the the gist of it. Um, it had positional IDPs too. Bogman's just a nightmare with that type of stuff. He had like cornerback and is stupid. But I took JSN in that as my fourth wide receiver in round 11. So IDPs pushed him down. I got Marvin Mims in round 26. So I just want to throw that out to you. To, to your point, in a, a very, you know, it's a good amount of JSN um, was banged up. very smart people. Yeah. And I, I took JSN for the upside because I had my starters, but then I got Marvin Mims 15 rounds later, understanding that the IDP is in there. That's yeah. still probably a I'm not saying I like JSN more. I do. Value. Smith and Jig was definitely the better talent, but I mean, opportunity, man. Yeah. Marvin Mims was like my for my last offensive player that I took. So I'm completely with this one. This is another one of those get ahead of it. Uh, number three on the list. I get why this is here. I don't know who the guy can end up being. We know there's some big play in it, but the Rams are a disaster. Someone's got to catch the ball. Kind of like we're talking about a lot with these wide receivers in here. These are wide receivers on teams outside of Mims that they got to just, someone's got to catch the ball. Van Jefferson comes in at number three. This is probably one that's going to surprise 
people. Not in that there's potential volume and just the name in general. So why Van Jefferson over those other really awesome Ram wide receiver names? Completely upside. He's the starter. Awesome. I think Puka Nakua can be the best <laughs> long term, but he's still a rookie. He's still a developmental rookie who has good all around game. But Van Jefferson, similar to Nico Collins, similar to go back to years of like uh, I brought up Nate Washington on all in football, uh, maybe even um, the one uh, Tory Smith, like, you know, is one week, two for 30 and then next week four for a hundred and then next week three for 70 and a touchdown. And like the next week again, two for 30 again, like that. Those are those kind of wide receivers, but you know, that's what Van Jefferson is. And he has Matthew Stafford. There was excitement for Van Jefferson last year and two years ago because Hey, like he could be the new answer for Matthew Stafford alongside Cooper cup. But now he's going to be the one in week one. Like, so the opportunity is there. Could he fall flat on his face? Sure. But I feel a lot better about Jefferson getting seven targets versus Jefferson getting three because then he has to catch one for 40 yards and a touchdown. But that's really what it comes down to. Tutu Atwell, he could actually lead the team in receptions. It wouldn't shock me, but it's going to be a lot of short yardage stuff, kind of like a Jacoby Myers. I mentioned Nakua for long term, but it just really comes down to opportunity here. And again, this is if Van Jefferson hits in week one, it's going to renew that excitement and hype people had for the last two years. One thing I would note, you can tell me what you think about this, but if Van Jefferson and Puka put up the exact same stat line this week, I think Nakua would go for exponentially more than Van Jefferson. Yes. If they both went, you know, five for 80 with a touchdown, it wouldn't even be close about what would be spent on waivers versus Puka versus Van Jefferson. Agreed? I, I do. And just the likelihood of those why Nakua is more down by 10, 11, 12 range versus being up here. Because he's also like, how many snaps is he going to get in week one? So you can look yeah. at it like that too. And I'll just jump, I'll segue myself into the next one teammates, Panthers, Adam Thielen, and Jonathan Mingo. If you're looking for that kind of reactionary thing, like this is where, you know, play your league, play your waivers, depending on what. If you need a starter, I trust Adam Thielen more. I think Adam Thielen is a good fit for a rookie quarterback. The style of play, there's a reason they brought in Thielen. And to do this, I thought this the Thielen Miles Sanders to get Bryce Young acclimated to the NFL was super smart by them. John the Mingo, the reason is a little bit different because Mingo might be the starter week one, but DJ Chark is back at practice. They've already said it's DJ Chark and Adam Thielen. Time and again, they've already said those are the one and two when healthy. DJ Chark could get hurt again. DJ Chark could be limited in the first game. But DJ Chark, Terrace Marshall still probably out. Question mark. Don't even know what's going on with him. But Jonathan Mingo pushed himself into this conversation just like Marvin Mims did. The difference here where I will say, knowing your league, if you need production, that's why I have Thielen here. I have Thielen in front of Mingo. But if you're looking for that potential, I can immediately flip him, then it is Mingo. And that's why they're back-to-back. Because just like you said with Nakua, if there is no DJ Chark and Mingo and Adam Thielen put the exact same stat line out, they both go 5-for-90 in a touchdown— Jonathan Mingo is going to go for like 40, 50, 60 in fab where Thielen would go for like 15 because it'd be like, ah, it's still just Thielen. I 100% agree with that because I'm a big Mingo guy. So I would feel that I actually would say if you were going for production this week, for whatever reason, you know, maybe you lost your cup isn't going to play and you lost, Thielen would be like the number one on this list. If I was going for production, I think you could argue Nico. You already kind of laid that out. It might yeah. be Nico. I would probably put Thielen one or he'd best be one floor. or two He's as got, far Thielen's as like got production. the best floor. Well, it, for, for all your yeah. Lost fans, I made a reference to Lost 15 years later in, in the column. So there you go with Adam Thielen. Yeah, well, I love that show. I actually like, I loved that I show. I re- reference to the best episode they ever had. It gives a big hint. See, 
I've I've wanted to rewatch uh, the show, but I don't think it holds up. Oh, and no. that's what no. I'm worried about. No. Yeah, like like really badly doesn't. Oh, it doesn't hold up. Hold up. As soon I'm as the mystery's go gone, though, like it ruins eighty percent of the show. <laughs> like it's just yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, final up is just burning through. You have quarterback and tight end streamers since we focused on the waivers there. You want to just burn through a couple quarterback and tight end streamers that uh, are going to show up for this week for you? Uh, I will do tight ends because quarterbacks are, you shouldn't have to stream in week one. I listed them there just like, I don't know, like super flex. I just put them all the uh, six. Were you just trying to be nice? Yeah, pretty much. You, you, right, drafted well, give your, you drafted your quarterback. Just start. I don't care if it was the 13th quarterback off the board. If there's a waiver wire quarterback that you didn't draft. You're not starting. You drafted the quarterback that you wanted to start. Don't overthink it. So, so number one on the list is is Russell, Russell Wilson. Wilson. There's no, there's no Russell Wilson. Oh, like who, who's the quarterback that you could justify the streaming of Russell Wilson over? Nobody. Okay, so I can't get you there. I'm trying to think no. of like not Daniel not Jones. Tua. No, no, you can, no, not to, hell no, not Tua. Not Aaron Rodgers even against Buffalo. Like no. Okay, yeah, Rogers Buffalo was where I was going to go with that. Okay, all right, so give no. us some tight ends. <laughs> it's like, you should have just... <laughs> why'd you even draft him? Again, I asked that question. Why'd you even draft him? Uh, so, it's people's favorite thing to do, though. It's I crazy. know. Tight ends, I could see tight ends a little bit because if you waited to the end game and you drafted like a Higby, although I'm starting a Higby in week one, could potentially be the number one yeah. option. But every single one of my teams, man, I like I have one or two. I'm like low tight end. I had to pair up the tight ends. I'm in this position, so this is going to help me out. Yeah, I, I could definitely see, like, I don't, I'm trying to think of, like, who, uh, Gerald Everett, who's now potentially splitting snaps at tight end. He's actually on this. If, but somebody might have drafted Gerald Everett. Somebody might have drafted Greg Dulcich. And because now he's splitting with Troutman because Sean Payton brought in his guys. Those are two and three. Number one would be Jawan Johnson. I would just roll him out with the Saints. I know there's concerns about, well, Michael Thomas is back. But you look at Traquan Smith, Hurt. I don't even, did Traquan Smith even stay on the roster? I think they did only because they had so many injuries. Uh, yeah, he did. But A.T. Perry could be a starter as the third option because Rashid Shahid's banged up. So I would just roll with Jawan Johnson. If you want to go a little bit steeper, hey, maybe Irv Smith does something. Tyler Conklin got a lot of late buzz this preseason, even from Zach Rosenblatt on The Athletics, saying he could be the second leading receiver after the top two at like, so I guess the second leading second option, like that's kind of tough to say It's clearly Garrett Wilson, but then it could be Lazard and then Conklin is basically what he's getting at. So I think that's interesting. And then if you want to take a flyer deeper from there, Henry Musgrave, Ferguson, Kate Otten's the one like, everybody's like, who's going to be the third wide receiver to step up now that Russell Gage is out. I was like, they have a tight end like this. This might be the Kate Otten everybody was hoping for for last year, but that's super deep. You know, what's funny actually is I, I personally kind of like the bottom of this list more than the, the top. Uh, I like Juwan Johnson. Well, <laughs> Juwan Johnson's just like a number Hail one. Mary play. Like it's tight end. You want a touchdown. The end. Yeah. Well, I agree. like John Johnson's like the top guy, but like personally Musgrave is one of those guys. If you end up seeing him get like six or seven targets from love, watch the hell out. He's going to skyrocket if people you yeah, know, missed out on tight the end. The difference and, is also, you know, it's the Bears defense in Chicago. Not that it's like world breaking, but I mean, the Saints get the Titans at home on the track. Like it's it's the Titans yeah. defense. Well, that's why John John, that's why he's the guy yeah. 100%. So, so you guys can find this article with tons more, more streamers and a whole bunch more waivers. Like I think there were another... 17 or 18 or whatever it was wide receivers same thing on running backs you can go and check it out at the athletic go and sign up today dollar a month if you're not already subscribed you can get locked in and you will have access to this and the ranks which are coming out in about 24 hours or less actually as we're recording this and probably right around when you are listening you guys can get access to the week one ranks 
We will be back on Thursday. Brandon and myself will be talking about ranks. We'll probably be poking at Jake's article and picking and prodding it as well as we go through this. So make sure that you are subscribed and checked out there. Find Jake on Twitter at AllInKid. You can find me at Is it the Welsh. And thank you guys for hanging with us right here on the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. Talk to you next time. Bye-bye.